Hello, Silvertown. Welcome to the Silvertown Podcast. Let's jump on that silver train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. The first thing that I want to do is mention to King13 getting sober dot 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 again. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Jay? Yeah. Hey, Drifter. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've got this gentleman that I first followed when I got sober. Um, just got on YouTube to see what I could find. And I found this gentleman with this long, dark hair, and he looked really different from anybody else that I had sort of come across. And I really liked him because he had a sense of humor, and I thought, I can dig this guy. So he's got his YouTube channel, and he puts live streams out on, a, I think it's a Friday and a Sunday night, and he's just launched his website, and I just interviewed him the other day uh, on the debut day of his website. So he's doing terrific things getting his uh, message out there. And he recorded you live. Oh, God. Yeah, my YouTube <laughs> debut, of which I said I'm like an extra. I was a little inch in a corner, which is I'm happy about that. That's okay. I'm, well, I'm quite proud of being sober these days, so I don't really care who knows anymore. You know, My, my monitor is big, King. I told you. That. I can <laughs> see you clearly. <laughs> no, thank you very much there. Yes, and, it's comforting. And you guys had a great talk. Yeah, this is fun. What, this is the third time he's been on Sobertown. Yes, it is. And he's going to be a regular. We're going to do something once a month. He's done great things like us, like Sobertown has. Um, and he's got great admiration for you. And as he said, we're doing this together. The more people yeah. that we can reach to help, that's our goal. Yeah. And then he, he's done all this without um, really, he, he got sober on his own, huh, King? Correct. He self-manages, as do we, with the help, of course, of the I Am Sober community and each other. And then he decided to build this YouTube channel. And yep. Yep. yeah, he's got Sam behind him. He's got a creative background. So he does um, videography and photography and all these other things. So he's quite good technically. And I love it because his YouTube, um, you know, videos and everything are in black and white. That's why he's so different. And he's just hit his one year. And that's why I'm sort of proud now not to sort of anybody can know I don't care. I was a bit shy in the start because I didn't know how it was going to go. So for the first three months, I just kind of white knuckled it and read everything I could, found IAS three months into it. And honestly, I've never looked back. And we just seem to be, I know, we're just getting stronger and stronger. And it's amazing. I think the I Am Sober community, between you I and the listeners and everybody else, their success rate to me appears really high because it's about that connection. Don't you see, like compared to the amount of people that are on there, most people are really doing well. Yeah, I've been through rehabs where uh, you get through the, the end of your 90 days and everybody's back out drinking. Right. <laughs> well, that's really right. not it. And then anybody that does reset, they keep going. Uh, they, they reset and then they're coming back and they're getting their feet under them. You know, and they're staying yeah, connected. I mean, the amount of money I've spent on my, <laughs> my recovery certainly is anything like the amount of money that I'd go to spend at a rehab. And I love this idea of self-management. That's what I wanted. You know, there's a lot of strong people out there. We've got a fantastic community, very talented. And I think a lot of people want this to be able to do, do it themselves, but with other people that are in the community. And this is what, you know, we're going to talk about. Yeah. And we're going to let everybody know first that if you want to see King 13 live an inch tall, then oh, you can go that. on silverdownpodcast.com look under the resources and elaine just did a fantastic job on the on the website the update yep 
and if you go to resources, then you'll you'll see uh, getting sober again, getting sober dot 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 again with Jay, and he's got a devil on one side and an angel on the other shoulder, and it's he's really cool, and he just got his website, www.gettingsoberagain.com. So yeah, and he's a funny guy because he has a laugh in the podcast that we did on November first, because he said, "Oh, I'm right next to AA." <laughs> I said. And he explains in the podcast, go and listen to it, why he thinks that that is particularly funny. But we are doing a lot of things. Look, I mean, the website, our website looks fantastic now. And we're at, I think you and I were talking the other day, you've been going since what, March? Really? Yes. When you started this? Well, that's the first time I did something on, I voiced something, but it really took another month or something to even get anything going, really. You know? But March right. 2nd was the first podcast. And now we're at, Last time I looked, which I think was yesterday, 258 episodes. Boom. That is 259 huge. with Sober Rights Thrive last yesterday. That is a lot of people telling their stories. A lot of just, and I love listening to other real people. These are people who are in the arena with us fighting for this or giving us great information that we can use. When I started, I had nothing. Jay and I talked about that as well. That's why I was on YouTube trying to find everything, finding Brene Brown, finding, you know, just anyone, Laura McCowan, Annie Grace, who really I loved her book that got me started on this journey and that made sense to me of what I was doing to myself. And you don't know what you don't know, guys. So get on there, have a look and educate yourselves because you can do it. So you what, know, you, what, Todd, what Todd's doing, your body on booze where he talks about alcohol, medications, right. how alcohol age, ages you, um, your, how your liver turns the alcohol into yeah. another chemical that hits you on a cellular level. He's got sober toolboxes that helps give people toolboxes. And we're getting all these on audio too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on that we didn't have when we got sober. Cause I'd spent years and years trying to find a way to get sober when I stumbled upon IAS and I was looking for a pill and that's the same thing that uh, sober. I thrive Viv, She found IAS the same way, looking at reviews and somebody mentioned IAS. How did you find IAS? I actually found it through Annie Grace's community. I went on there. I didn't do the 30 day experiment. I was just white knuckling, but they have a community board. And I started talking to um, another lady there who is on our IAS website and she told me about it and she said look this is a really it's a free app it counts your days and so I joined that way um that was Lisa Fiona so I was talking to her for a while and emailing her so you never know one person can lead me to this huge huge world of I yeah and Lisa Fiona did her story also she did with me yes yes she did yeah I've had some terrific people on and the beautiful thing about it is a lot of them said they slept well and they really feel lighter afterwards. Nobody has actually, you know, had that, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I did this. I and have. It gets to, <laughs> have you? Yeah, well. Yeah. And the thing is, I find myself, I reveal more and more every time I interview people. And if you plugged all my interviews together, my story is pretty much a lot of it is right there. And you, 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 when you're comfortable, you know, everybody's got to do it in their own time. And I never like right. to push anybody. And it's the same with getting sober, you know, all of us questioned um, and knew the amount we were drinking was not really good for me. I had that in the back of my brain. 
But I got to the point where I think it had such a grip on me that I just didn't care. I'd come to the conclusion that this is the way I was going to die. I was so miserable anyway. I was so depressed. The hole was deep. It was dark. I mean, I remember overlooking the balcony thinking, I wonder if I jumped, if I'd injured myself or kill myself. And then I thought, what are you thinking, you stupid woman? These are the, this is what it does to you. It leads us, the process leads you down this path of just not caring and not wanting to live the life that I never knew I could be living today. It's you just want so to different. die. I want to yeah. die. I didn't Isn't just not want to live. Yeah, it's horrible. It's, it's horrible. awful. You've got grandkids. You've got people who adore you. And this proves that we were not in control of ourselves. Our brains were not healthy. They needed changing, De- desperately needed changing. And I'm sorry, but I've looked at, and I've talked to people who've been to rehab and, and as much as God bless you, if you've got the money to go and that's what you want to do. But at the end of the day, we decide it is up to us when we decide to stop drinking. Hence, it is up to us to maintain how we're going to do and maintain our sobriety. What are we going to do for it? We have to work at it. You know, Polly and I did a podcast where we said, you can't just sit back and do nothing and expect it all to come to you. It's not going to happen. It just isn't. Yeah, reverse osmosis works with water, salt water to water, right? Right. <laughs> it, there may be a little bit that filters in, where, yeah, but, but the whole deal, it, it takes a lot of effort. And to especially when you start, because the arena, which is our mind, which is where the battle's at, we're used to fighting things that are in front of us that are visible, <clears throat> and we're fighting stuff that we can't see. We're fighting thoughts. We're, we're in a position where we have to take our thoughts captive, stop them taken captive, dissect them, and then decide what we're, uh, where we're going. So, and that's why I, like, I text you, let's, you want to do a podcast? And we're just off the cuff right here, way off the cuff. Yeah, that was and, like about six and a half minutes ago. <laughs> right, right <laughs> but that's what you do, you get, it, you get it done. And that's what I love about you. Well, yeah. we talked the other day, you and I are like-minded. We right. think, I mean, we even think the highway um, with our mind, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but we're like-minded. We know that our, our brains are being rewired and we aren't getting sober the traditional way with the, the 12 steps, having a sponsor. We're basically our own, um, we're managing our own recovery. We, we're responsible for our own recovery. And then when you look around everybody around us, they are too. And look how good everybody's doing. I mean, yeah. it's just amazing. And so when did you figure out that you were kind of take us down how you figured out you were rewiring your mind? Your brain? Well, it gets back to, you know, Annie Grace. When I looked <laughs> at that book, you and I've talked about this act was the first tool that I recognized that I could put into play. And to this day, I still do. I read every quit-lit book under the sun. I have that many exercise books in my closet where I would rewrite the exercise book to just drill it into my mind for reinforcement because I knew that my brain was not healthy. And I couldn't remember jack shit in the end. I'd watch a movie. I couldn't remember what happened. Do you know what I mean? So there was a lot of damaged nerves. I just know how much damage that I probably had done to my brain. And I thought, okay, you know, you learned this behavior. How am I going to unlearn it? Well, there's only one way. And I even said to myself, you need to retrain your brain. 
I always said I was going to be my own best friend and my own coach. What does a coach do? A coach trains you, okay, yeah. to build those mm-hmm. muscles, to be the best you can, to be able to perform at your ultimate, you know, the, the most that you can perform at, I suppose. So I thought my brain needs to be retrained and I need to get all the tools that I can. And I, from everything, I got something. But ACT is the one I always go back to. And that was the first thing that you and I talked about that we agreed on. Yeah. Well, Annie Grace, this naked mind, when she talked about cognitive dissonance, right. was my big, that was my, first I learned about cognitive dissonance. And that's when I realized I've got this little gremlin running around in my head. And that's how I pictured it at first. And that's when I first started doing posts was a gremlin in my brain, pushing buttons, pulling levers that had access to all of me. Right. And I didn't even know anything about neuroscience or anything back then, but that's just how I pictured what was going on. And then slowly I started learning about uh, other things, about pathways, about neurons, about synapses that connect neurons, about a neuron that we may have just like one neuron that's firing between each other, or we could have groups of neurons or villages, right? Or when you get into addiction, you have a whole friggin' city of neurons that light up Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. think about alcohol and they, and those neurons, they want to drink and they're in touch with your desire. They, you can, they can make you taste the alcohol. You can break out in sweats. You'll get anxious. You'll get pissed. And then you got to sort through all this shit. You know, in the beginning, it's like, I, I've been through some really, um, heavy moments where I've just had to breathe one breath at a time getting mm-hmm. through some of these moments. It was so deep King, you know? Oh God, it's horrible. The first two weeks it's, it's ugh. yeah, I know. Exactly and you didn't you have, you didn't have any, anything to help you your first two weeks. You were Nothing. just like uh, cleaning your, your um, home and everything. Right. I locked myself in the bedroom. For yep. two weeks. Yeah. Basically, for two weeks, I said to my husband, just don't talk to me because I'm going to be in a foul mood. <laughs> I was <laughs> physically sick. I knew that emotionally, the, it, oh, my God, how I, I still to this day, because I never, I never believed I could do this. I just thought, I can't live without alcohol. I haven't for 40 years. How am I going to do it now? And the thing is, like you, I was high functioning. A lot of people at work wouldn't have had a clue. Um, I never hid it from my husband. I was never in denial. I had told him ages ago when we met, I was probably drunk. I was sitting at a bar in, in Malaysia at the pool bar at night because I worked at the Hyatt drinking. I'd finished work. So I just knew it was something that had to be done because I looked in the mirror and I couldn't see myself. I couldn't connect. And I thought, I am just fucking sick of you. I am sick of you. I'm and you're waking up this. the same way we're waking up, right? With the regret, the remorse, the shame. Oh, just the hamster wheel drifted. Just how am I going to just, I just need to break it somewhere. Where's that going to be? When and where is that going to happen? And I just said in the mirror, Fuck, it's got to be now, now or never. And that was it. But it was, it was certainly not easy. And it's like getting back to what you said before. You know, we have a hundred sponsors, a thousand sponsors in IAS. We've all made friends. We can pick up ring anybody or talk to anybody within our groups, within IAS, within each other. We've all made friends now and talk to each other if we have a hard time. 
I've been lucky, but I do believe it's because I've worked so darn hard at this day in, day out. I'm fortunate enough that I haven't been working. One of the reasons why my drinking got absolutely ridiculous too. More time on my hands, bored, lonely, call it what you like, lockdown, it happened. And so every day, even now, I've got the iPad, the phone, the books, you know, everything's around me. I look like I'm in a a sobriety office, which I am, because there's so much to learn. There is so much to learn, and that's why I understand what everybody else is going through. And it's not easy. I want to let people know that, but it can be done. Once you but break it, down after that couple of weeks, you're all right. It's easier now that we're able, the people that can tap into what we have going on now, it's easier now because we're putting resources out there for everybody um, to, where they can find a path oh, out. It's so much better. God, it's good. It's so good. Just gra- grab on to just whatever works for you, but you got something there from day one as far as support and learning and understanding, absolutely. So when you got into IAS, and we, I love talking about IAS, um, and IAS support is really cool too. Yeah, me too. And then, um, so when you got in there, when you found the community, was it like, how did that affect you? Um, it was really, it was kind of lonely at the start because no one really responded to me. It was, I don't know, it was three months sober. And again, I didn't tell anybody because this was the first time I'd ever really come to a point where I was going to stop completely. And so I wanted to get some time under my belt. So I've come in and I see all these, I was doing a lot more reading than I was doing posting and probably still do. And my nature is to support people. That's what I've done as a, as a job. So I would start putting all these little comments as I still do. And then I, I can't, I think I started going to Zooms, which is something I do religiously. Yeah, That's been my connection. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I might meet Mr. Tuesday night at 8.30 just simply because I'm a little bit tired sometimes. But I try and get to all of them. And I started putting faces to their handle names. And people started, it's taken a long time. It's probably taken about six months for people to even recognize me. And now it feels really, really good. I just had to be patient because I thought, I'm never going to make friends. But I had Lisa Fiona. I had one friend from the Annie Grace community. And she was over there too. Um, She was a little bit behind me. And then I had Shiki and Laura who were in a similar timeline to me. And, um, and I'm still good friends with them today, you know. I mean, I couldn't get by without IS and my sober friends. I, there's no way I would be here. Yeah, because I'm just cruising along and I just start hearing about King 13. King 13, she's in the Zoom. She's really involved. And I think Polly was the first one to brought my attention that you're just everywhere that you can be, that you're really, um, you're really diving into your sobriety. And I love as, much, having, as hard as I can. Yes. And that's, who, that's everything. You're the kind of people I like surrounding myself with that are diving into sobriety like I am. And it's like, and then you ended up coming over here with us and podcasting. Yeah. And, and then I got into the women's groups, of course, Polly had them. And then I found out about them. And that was terrific because that was even just something, you know, smaller, a little more intimate. And then you really get close to the girls. And now, even though I found I was in so many groups at one point, I was in like 10 groups and I was just wearing myself thin. And I couldn't couldn't give myself, I couldn't just, people weren't getting the best of me. So then I sort of, because I, you know, I'm a bit like you, what I do, I give it a thousand percent, you know, otherwise why bother? 
<laughs> including drinking. So again, that was my attitude to my sobriety. So now we have a lot of women's groups and everybody's got their click and it's just terrific because there's somewhere for everyone to belong. And that's what matters, that you're not alone. You know, you've got your friends and just seeing people on Zooms, I just it just cheers me up. It makes me feel really good. And even when people have slips, it's okay. It's part of the journey. We're still going to be there, you know. I've never been one to really be judgy or I've been a pretty, I've got a pretty open heart and a pretty open mind about everything. I don't like labels. I don't like, you know, the, I don't know, just, just me. I just sort of go with the flow and I'm pretty open-minded about everything. So I just love it. I just love it. And I love seeing people become the best version they can be. I was like stuff, you know, and I've seen people blossom, drifter, just blossom and just grow. So you're going into you're getting involved in all this stuff and then one day you realize that you're on this new super highway huh mm-hmm. in your, in your I, mind yeah well i just you know todd what was what do you say what, what fires, fires together, together wires, wires together yeah. right okay Neuroplasticity. Also, my homeboy my fellow australian homeboy and i love him to death and he started putting out just the more educational scientific part of things and god when he, even when i read um oh that blog about the throat and the mouth yeah at the that mouth. time when you drink I, alcohol he wrote oh a thing, what happens when it just goes into your mouth the damage it causes just uh you don't know how hard this at home at the time i'd gone to the dentist my gums had eroded my teeth had eroded all the top from all the wine i needed and let me tell you five figures to fix my mouth I've had the front, the front six teeth redone. It's taken six months. And that was all because wine eroded my gums and my teeth. So when you read alcohol I was, in the I mouth. was just, I, my <laughs> eyes were like, and I'm shaking my head going, holy shit, that is me. That is me. I'm in the middle of this right now. And it was a lot of work and a lot of pain. Gum surgery, the whole thing. So Todd, uh, exercise or um he hit um, home educated me too with because i didn't know about uh what wires together fires together and i didn't know about really too much about neuroplasticity and it made me dig deep into all of that stuff just by with what he wrote and then you know i started learning about the other stuff but earlier on i the first thing i learned about was cognitive dissonance Right. Right. So then I know that I've got a battle between my conscious mind and my subconscious mind. My conscious mind doesn't want to drink. I don't want to drink anymore. And I would tell my wife, sweetheart, I don't want to drink today. Today, I'm not going to drink. Mm -hmm. But my conscious mind had me so wrapped up under control. You know, King, I've realized that my subconscious Subconscious, has been ruling me. Did I say conscious? My subconscious. We know what you meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My subconscious has been ruling me my whole life. Exactly. Not just with, Same with me. Yeah. Addiction, whatever it may be. Yep. And, yep. and addictions are, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. It just doesn't matter. And these pathways that are in our mind, they've been ruling us. Instead of like our conscious mind ruling us, this subconscious that doesn't give a shit about us, all it wants, what it wants. That's all it wants. I want it and I want it now. It's like Annie Grace talks about the kids in the back seat. I want an ice cream and they don't yeah. shut up. And that's what these pathways do. They don't, but not only do they not shut up, they have access 
to your whole mind, to every part right. of your mind, your desires, right. your feelings, your emotions, your, your taste. Um, they can, it, like I said, it can raise your heart rate. Um, that's how powerful these pathways are. And they're embedded like, um, Mark Lewis talks about they're embedded with concrete. They're so deep in our mind. You know, I was reading in the 1930s, they were giving people lobotomies. They were locking yeah. them up. No, no, no. Them, yeah. And they were like, so I just imagine them taking this big friggin' drill. Oh. Here, let's just cut this out of their head. I, and that's what they did with alcoholics. Yeah, can we a, see the addict in there somewhere? Like, I'll get him. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But what the, techno- the technology uh, we have today Look, if I fart, you know what part of my brain made me fart. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how well they know their our brains. Oh, that came from the frontal lobe, uh, cortex, right? That's how well, it is. Yeah, and I always knew that my conscious, and I knew uh, when I recognized that the addict and me being addicted to the alcohol was in my subconscious. That was the thing I knew I had to damn change because my conscious wanted to get sober. Right. But you're absolutely right. The addict was buried down there, and I thought, how the hell am I going to reach this bastard and pull him out and put him in his place? Because we don't have a key. There's no key to Correct. your subconscious. That's it. And we don't and know where the, the, mind, the mind begins and the brain begins. We don't know where they the two meet because – there's the consciousness and then there's the brain, right? This blob of overlap, mass. Right. Yeah. And like you said, you have all those feelings, desires, whatever, and you get physical reactions. You get sweaty, you get, you know, the heart starts beating, all that sort of stuff. You know, you want what you want. And, and um, this pathway has so much, it's used to getting its way. It's used okay. to getting its way. It's Learned been getting behavior. Its- That's what now, we've been letting it do. And it's insidious. Like you'll see somebody come on. All they want is to get 100 days. My goal is 100 days. That pathway, okay. It relaxes. Go do your 100 days, right? And it lets them get their 100 days. And then they, wow, I got my 100 days. I'm going to celebrate. And boom, they're right back in the friggin' trap, right? Right. Right. And that's how devious and insidious this little pathway is. Oh, it's patient. It's patient. And it won't just wait for a hundred days. It'll wait no. for it'll months, hang forever. Weeks, yeah, years, decades. I was nine years sober, King, and it still got me. Because I, know, I just right? wasn't hip, slick, and cool. I thought I'd been cured. Okay, well, you're being cured until your next traumatic event in your life, and then I'm gonna come back in and you're gonna be right back where you were. So when my brother died nine years after I got sober, it is sit dormant for nine years, that pathway. And then when I drank, the pathway doesn't, we can't erase the pathway. It's always there. There's always a right. residue of the pathway. Yep, yep, yep. We so, got the battle. No, I was going to ask you, let's just go back a bit. Sorry, I know this, I feel like I'm interviewing you, but I'm curious because I've got a brother-in-law who was also sober nine years, had a really bad accident, nearly killed himself, and I had to fly to Australia to help my sister. When when you first gave up that time drifter, did you you didn't know all this stuff about pathways and all the work that we have done? Did you back then? Did you do a lot of work? No, or did I, you just I, somehow I a, get through it? I had a I was on my way to prison for the third time, and I had right. a religious event that happened. It was the, that's what it was, right? I thought it might have been. Yeah, I was in a, in a place called Towers Jail. I had laid there for like three days with my life like flashing in front of me. 
of all the shit that I've done to people my whole life, just all the damn, my whole life of damage and bullshit. And I just laid there for three days on my bunk. I didn't even eat or anything. And I, I couldn't stop the tears just like they just fell out of my eyes. Right. And there was this guy, Walter Arnold, who had put up with me for years. Like he, he bought and sold homes. And I used to like go in and re, uh, renovate these homes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he loved God. He loved his wife. He never preached to me. He never, ever, ever. The only thing he would used to say, hey, director, have you prayed about it? And I would be like, hey, Walter, have you bumped your head? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what's praying? I was just anti everything about yeah. God. I didn't believe, yeah. you know, but watching him, the way he loved his wife and the way he loved God, I was laying there that day in Towers Jail on my way back to prison for the third time. And I'm like, okay, God, I want what Walter has. And so that was my religious moment that I had. All of a sudden, I knew what I knew what I knew. And all of a sudden, I lost all desire for drugs. And here's how insidious wow. drugs are, right? That day, I'm like, okay, I make, I make this deal with God, right? And then our, our pod gets flooded with meth. And can you imagine there's three, there's like 28 cells in this dorm and there's three men to a cell and all this meth comes in and they're all locked behind their cells and they're shooting like these kites on strings. They call them kites. There's, and it was one noisy, crazy, everybody spun out with nowhere to go. And they're like, here, man, here's your issue. And I'm like, no. I got saved today. I don't want any. And that was the first time I ever made a choice back then not to do drugs. And they were looking at me like, wow, but isn't that it's just terrible. like, isn't that crazy that like, here, I just made this big deal. And then, and I don't know how they got the dope in there. Probably somebody brought it in in their butt or whatever is how they get it in there. But, <laughs> you know, it just flooded this, the, that, um, that pot and everybody was spent out there for a couple of days. But I went to prison for the next couple of years, and that's all I did was study the Bible. And then I got out, and I got involved with a, a church, and I ended up carrying a cross all over town, and then I know. You know, Phoenix to Tucson. And I was that's what kept me sober. But see, here's the thing, King. I never dug deep in me. I concentrated externally on everything outside right. of me. Right, right. You're giving, giving, giving to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just didn't focus on myself. Oh, I've been right. cured. And that addict voice lay dormant for nine years, nine years. And then my brother died and I drank and boom, I resurrected that little bastard in my head. Right. And it, it just, it didn't just happen right away. It was a slow, I had a couple, Oh, I can drink again. And then it was just slowly. And then the last three years of my drinking I, I, re, I reset every day for three years, every single day, every wow. day I tried to quit wow. and I couldn't find any way to get sober. That's why sober town is so important. Maybe we can help somebody not have to reset every day for three years. And not only that, but IAS, IAS saved my life. The I am sober mm. app yep. saved my life because Same. I was on my own. We have COVID. There's no, AA meetings and you, well, AA's never done anything for me. Not knocking AA, but look, I've probably been to thousands of the first meeting I went to, I figured it out was probably around 1977. 
I'm 58 years old, in, in and out of jails and prisons my whole life. They, you go to meetings just to get out of your cell, right? Three inpatient rehabs, all those two outpatient rehabs, and nothing can mm. get me sober mm. until I got about around you guys. And we're not even doing anything um, traditional. We're, I, I'm not working the 12 steps or nothing, but this is what I figured out that I can rewire my brain and I've dove deep into it and I see what's going on. There's conflict. There's my conscious mind. It can only do a couple of things. And then I have this powerful subconscious and it's controlled me all my life. And now King, my conscious mind is taking back over. I I've taken back over uh, my, my attic voice. It, it can't even talk. It's, it's in there. That pathway's in there. But I've built these new pathways that have smothered it. I've taken its voice away and I've made it insignificant. I've literally done that. And I've, I know the whole process that I did. And I used Annie Grace's act. I didn't even know that I was training my mind, rewiring my mind, King. I just started doing act to fight the cravings, right? Because mm. it got me past the liquor store, the place right. that I could never, I'd tell, I'd tell my wife, Mrs. Drifter. Okay, sweetheart, I'm going to make it home today. I'm going to make it home. And it's, it's a half hour drive from work to here. And I would be good all the way up until two minutes away from the house where the liquor store is. And I would go into zombie mode. All of a sudden, my arms were turning my truck into the parking lot. And I'm like just an observer of my body walking in. it's, It's automatic reflex. It's just that alert behavior. And I'm screaming at myself, stop, stop, stop. And I'm back to the cooler, opening the door. As you're paying and walking out. I've been there many a time. Every one of us have gone into zombie mode, living in zombie land, controlled by our subconscious. And And then you get angry because you're like, why can't I do this? I'm a strong person. If people tell me I can do anything I want. And then it's like so frustrating. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, it gets gets crazy. I was thinking that I could just get out out of it like I did before. Okay, God, where are you at? Um, can you get me out of this one? And he didn't, right? I was praying, God, help me. Get me out of this. Where, where are you now? And it's like, no, nope, I removed that door from you once. You want it to open up again? Now you get your ass out of it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lonely place to be. And with I'm, drinking... I'm I felt disconnected from my soul, from my authentic oh, self, God. right? Yeah, absolutely. But you have that little voice in there screaming, I don't want to be this way. And you, mm. you can't stop it. You can't stop it. No, not until one day that voice screams out so damn freaking loud and it makes you listen. I got to, and I'm still angry. I have to stay angry at the, at the devil, which I call the addict voice. I have to, that's why I always post with my little sword and shield. I'm ready. I'm ready to combat it. But I also, from day one. You and I are so much like that, King, because I use the arena, the sword, the shield, the arena of a gladiators fighting in the arena. Oh, I'm fighting. I'm fighting. Don't worry, mate. And I'll decapitate when necessary. When when you (laughs) picture this battle in your mind, do you picture an arena? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going at it. Yeah, the, the addicts on the horse, and I'm ready to get the sword and get him off, just like the good old days. And but here's it, it the does, thing: 
only we here's everybody else supports us but when it comes to a battle in the arena when you're right there facing your enemy which is going to be a craving right your attic voice right right that's your enemy is that craving you're training we're helping each other train consciously and then all of a sudden you're in the arena you're in a battle and we can only do that ourselves nobody can help us and it's like I said, when I decided to become my own best friend and my own coach from day one for the fir- first three months, and I still say it to this day, I just said to myself, alcohol is irrelevant to me. I've said it every single day for nine and a half months. I still say it till it became part of me. I do it with some other mantras as well. And so that you've been is the retraining. Rewiring- Since day one, I have said that alcohol is irrelevant to me. And I look at bottles of alcohol now and I think it's irrelevant. It just comes automatically. I say things every single day. And that's when I say I'm going to coach myself out of thinking this if it kills me. And that's when I realized that I knew that I damaged some brain. I knew that I had damaged a lot of my brain. But I also believed I knew because how do people, let's face it, some people followed. People in cults, they believe what they say. Some people believe some things that are absolutely other things that are ridiculous. Why? That's how powerful the mind is. So if you can believe anything, why can't you believe that you can build new pathways and put that addict voice or the devil where he belongs and that's not at the forefront of your mind? I've got him deep, deep, deep down where I was. I put him in that hole right down there where I was and he can stay there. And if I get an inkling of a thought, an inkling, it's I swear at it, I fight it, I get my sword and shield out, I'm ready to go. But I recognise it and that gets back to act. So this is the thing, like reptiles, they're born in eight to their motor functions. There is just an eight in them for they know that, when a fly comes by, they snag it with their tongue. All that's built right. into them. Yep. For us, it's different. We're not born with all of that. We're all of that is put into our minds. And and Dr. Mark Lewis talks about this. Love that book. But, Love it. Yeah. Um, and you know, he talks about how our brains are basically the, the neurons and synapses, they're there, they're in certain locations, but whatever environment we grow up in is what's going to form in that brain that's true that's then so as true. we grow our brains are going to ad- adapt like he talks about when it gets cold basically a reptile doesn't know what to do it, the cold will just kill it but we're humans we bury our we'll, we'll dig ourselves in the ground and we'll find a way to stay warm we'll find a way to keep eating and we'll adapt to whatever environment are, we're in so when we get in the environment of addiction, our brain is adapted. And not only it's built these pathways because it's a highly addictive substance that we're taking to, our brains are already made to, to change. And then we're just giving it this ultra boost, right? We're just lighting our brain up. That's affecting our body, the way we feel, our desires and everything else. And we're building this pathway and over years that pathway it wants it it gets embedded and it takes a lot of work to get it out king and that's why a lot of these people that when they reset um they go right back where they were and it's really you got to start over you got to start redoing everything that you were from the beginning it's not like you can go from a to d from 
you got to go A, B, C, D. You can't. And that's is what I do. Every thought that I get that has to do with alcohol, I analyze it and act taught me that. And as what it's done, and I've heard you mention this too, you're not right. That old highway in your mind, you're the addiction highway. You're not there anymore, are you? No. So tell everybody what you mean about the, this highway, the old highway and the new highway, Kim. Well, my, my old highway, my old thoughts and my old patterns, I just a visual it like a, a really old, decrepit road that's got potholes and, and it just needs construction. It needs fixing. And so what I did is I threw all these, because let's face it, the brain learns, just like we learned things at school. We learned to ride bikes. We learned to type, like you said. We learned things. Then I thought I need to learn a new way. So what I'm going to do, and the good news is through reading, I've realized that the new pathways are available to us. The old ones will be there, but they're dead. They're dead. You can make them. They're, just, they're there, but don't, you know, don't worry about them. Concentrate on building the new ones. And I've built this new highway that's nice and smooth. And I recognize that the other one's there. I don't forget about it. But this is the one that I'm traveling on now. And that's got to do with all the things that I have told myself repetitively. And it does take a lot of work till you learn. It just becomes part of you. So then you're armed and you're ready with all your tools for when that voice comes. You know, well, let's, let's talk about that part yeah. where it becomes part of you, because in the beginning, King, it's really difficult. It's like, oh, it's really hard because you, you, it's still the attic voice is still very, very strong. That's why you need other tools. Do you know what I mean? You can't rely well, did, on did you type. You probably type, don't you? Do you type? Um, obviously, with a computer and stuff, yeah. Well, I got a computer. I use two index fingers. Yeah. <laughs> right? I don't type with yeah. shit. When you learned how to type, did you just put your hands on the keyboard and go? Oh, God, no. It took me. In fact, I was a terrible typist. I probably still am. So even to where you got where you are, it took you a lot of work. You had to figure out how to divide the keyboard up, where to put your fingers, and and you had to think about every every key every time you put a finger somewhere. It's the same thing with these thoughts. We have to think about every thought. But after a while, King, you probably plug away typing. You're probably efficient enough, right? You you can do it fairly well. Fairly well, but there's still more to do, and that's why I won't get complacent because. Now that highway has got to get longer and longer and longer and longer and longer and stronger and stronger and smoother and smoother to and the no point where you're always on it and you can look over to your yeah. right and you can see the yeah. old highway. The detours will there. be there. I'm just yeah. bypassing them. The off ramps are still there. The T intersections are still there, but now my brain knows the right way to go for most of the time. I'm not saying it's going to not ever flip me up, but I will use everything in my power that I've learned. And again, it is another learned behavior, rewiring. That's what you need to do. I mean, the brain is such a powerful thing. It really is. And I knew it was going to take me a long time because I was in that horrible behavior for a long time, you know? See, I, I thought when I first really, it was that you were in the Sober Warriors when we first started that group and you were in Miami and you went to some big, parties oh you went to a casino a casino i was in the casinos man. so i i was thinking when you were in there i'm like oh, wow, she's, God, she's mad she's well crazy. no i thought you were a veteran i thought you were like 
a veteran because, and you were walking through the casino and that you I'd were never owning. Been out, I hadn't been out yet. I hadn't been out in my sobriety. And I, I didn't know that because um, the way that you sounded was because you went to a concert and everything that night, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been to the casino a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. We went to a concert and all had beer going down my back. It was fun. Everybody was partying <laughs> their ass off and you stayed sober. Oh, oh, the people behind me were singing so loud and yelling and screaming that it was lucky that the band was loud. Yeah. But yeah. But I thought I you, sober. I'm like, wow, yeah. she's been sober. She's like, she's a veteran and shit, I was thinking. And no. then I found out, oh, she she just went there and she got through that. And you kept us in your back pocket that night, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I I went knowing that for every single day, at least eight hours a day, I had worked on my sobriety and I felt that I had enough tools that I was going to be okay. If I thought for a minute that I wasn't going to be and it was going to trigger me, I wouldn't have got in. But I went in with a completely different mindset. And again, that was the rewiring of my brain. And I was, because normally I'm telling you, drinking one hand, pressing buttons with another, mm, done a bit what? of that in my time. I've done a bit of that in my time. Yeah. And then I saw it for some, I just saw it completely differently. I saw the alcohol is poison. I saw people getting pissed. I saw them screaming at machines and I sat there and I'm sorry. Part of me felt really sorry for him. And the other part of me was just laughing that that used to be me and I hadn't woken up. Yeah. And you were kind of like mentioning it, all that that was going on. I did. Us. I did on a podcast with Polly and Karina. Yeah. I talked about it. Well, and that night, because you were, you were, um, you were um, messaging into, I think it was Sober Warriors, wasn't it? I, I wherever you remember. were, that was that was the first time that I I really ever. Oh saw yeah, you. I posted photos of the concert and everything. Yeah, I did. And I that's probably that one of the first times, it. yeah, that I'd ever even seen you. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, that's right, man. This gal is brave. Check her out. She's out there <laughs> owning her for sobriety. And look, there's people even today or this weekend. I know they're are going out there. They're going into some places they may may not be ready for and they need a plan did you have a absolutely plan oh yeah went? and do you know what though i pictured this the casino as the arena like i was in the arena already ready Perfect. with my shield and my sword i had the visualization of all these people around me getting drunk but i was there ready to battle so oh yeah i had plan a b c d and e i i talked to probably three or four people and said, okay, if I can't get you, I'm going to this one gun. But I didn't need them. It was really interesting because I did feel prepared. My mind, I wasn't triggered. I sat at a bar and ate food while this guy yes. within six inches had a scotch next to me and I could smell it. And I just thought, how bloody disgusting does that smell? And I thought, I'm loving this. I'm loving the way I feel. Yeah, and you owned it and you woke up the next morning and you felt great. I stayed in the casino. Hubby hates it. So he went off to bed early and he only spends like a hundred bucks and he's done. And so he was in the room and I said to him, look, I'll be there at 11. I kept winning 12, whatever. And at one o'clock and there was people around and I looked and I thought, how many times have I been with the family? And there's all these people around and we look like we're having a fantastic time. And also I looked at him and thought, I hope you're really enjoying yourselves because I don't know if you remember this in the morning and you're all going to be really, really crook. And I went to the toilet and some girl was throwing up 
And at that point, when everyone was really messy, I went to bed at one o'clock. But you know what I did? I got up the next morning because we stayed there and I went back down at nine o'clock and I cashed out on the machines because obviously the machines are full. It's the best time to play first thing in the <laughs> there morning. There you go. And then I went home. So I actually came we, home. We got to be um, careful with the people that have the, the gambling. Yes, I'm right? sorry, because <laughs> there are many times, the majority of times I have lost and I'm, I go in preparing to lose. But well, no, that's a great story. I'm just being funny. But no, no, gambling is, a, is an addiction too. But is it in Australia? Um, slots are on every corner, like every pub. They have gaming rooms. So everybody in Australia has got a mad gambling problem. But <laughs> I came out that particular day sober and winning quite a bit of money. So I said, right, we're going home. Normally, if I'd have been drinking, I would have put half of that back in. I can swear to you. I know I would have. Yeah. I would have kept going. Again, the addict boys. I think I was across addictions to food, gambling, whatever. You know, okay, do you see you yourself rewiring your brain in anywhere else in your life? Other than the um, alcohol. Oh, I, I still saw the work in progress, just like the construction in the road. Okay, yeah, so let me progress. tell you about, because I know I've definitely, I've shut my attic voice down. By 11 months, my attic voice could not even talk anymore, right? And then at 11 months, I realized that I was still having behaviors that um, the alcohol is gone and I'm still acting out real, in a bad way. And I'm, I'm going after, I go into these hypomania I was going into these hypermania uh, modes and episodes and I couldn't even go to zooms for a, a while. King, I would go to a zoom. I started noticing what was triggering me because at 11 months, all of a sudden I get this awareness, the alcohol is gone and you're still doing the same shit. And it was like, I, I almost felt defeated, right? I'm doing all, I, I just thought I had to quit the alcohol King and every, my life would just, you know, be better. And it wasn't, uh, I was still doing the same shit. All this stuff, all these other pathways are still in my head. And I've traced these pathways back pretty, pretty well. It's not that I've really rewired them yet, but I've learned about triggers, but I am building new pathways that are stronger than those pathways because I'm not, I can think through before I go, uh, into this mania mode, hypomania mode. I feel it coming and I, and I can like tell myself, okay, just calm down a little bit. And I'm not going because before King, I would go really high and then I would crash into depression. Mm -hmm. I even went after IAS support, right? The place that got me sober, I'm surprised they didn't like ban me for life from that community. So, but they were really gracious and they've always been gracious to me. So that was six months ago. So during this whole time, King, I've been focusing on um, working through the hypomania, the triggers. And just by noticing the triggers, I'm finding out my brain is rewiring. I'm not going into these hypermania modes anymore. In fact, mm -hmm. my emotions are more center now. I'm not going, even with Jamie and I, um, I'm not going really high. I'm not going really low. If, if uh she sparks something in me. I'm not just jumping, you know, through the roof and we're getting into an argument. And I'm also like, if she gets mad, I mean, I'm able to calm her down a little bit. And I didn't even realize all this was really happening King too much. And then I got back on the zooms after I quit zooms for a while and I didn't go for, 
King, remember we went on, there was a bunch of us. Yeah, friends. I remember. I was there. I remember, mate. And we talked about this a lot. My, you, you got to see my personality change. I become a smart ass. I'm all kinds of shit. When I go hypomania, I just, I mean, I just, I'm rude, obnoxious. And even when I hung up, my wife was like, what, what was all that? About? <laughs> yeah. right? I haven't seen him for a while. <laughs> and, and I'm like, sweetheart, that's what I've been telling you about these mm. last four months. That's mm. what happens to me when I get in groups, this other person, my Dr. Jekyll takes over King. The last two zooms that I went to, I, I was able to just go right through them. I did get mm. the first, the one on the Wednesday with Erica Spiegelman. I did come out of that and it did hit me pretty hard. The, and here's what's really cool, King. Not only was I able to get through it, I was able to identify two different emotions that were hitting me at one, at one time. I was getting um, the vulnerability hangover. I was getting hit by that. And I was getting hit by the imposter syndrome at the same time. Mm-hmm. And with all this work that I've been focusing on my brain for the last 17 months for it's paying off. I'm able to actually identify these two things that are, that are hitting me at one time. And since I work at night, my support group is in the UK, right? So when I'm working at night, they're awake. So during the night I was with them. Okay. And they were talking to me off the cliff, man, I'm feeling this and this usually King people will wake up and my, my account has disappeared on IAS when I've gone into this world, <laughs> yeah. right? Actually, I, I've noticed that quite a bit. I, 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 delete. Like to delete. I, I love deleting. Don't worry. I'm like that too. Yeah, yeah but I, I delete the account. I delete everything. Yeah, I know. You go a bit far, but yeah, I know. I know. But, but isn't I, it that fight or flight thing, don't you reckon, still? There's a bit of that still? Because I have it still, a bit of fight well, no, or flight, where I just want to get away sometimes and just leave me alone. Well, it's literally... Um, I'm not used to my whole life. I've been ruled by these subconscious uh, thoughts, right? Mm. Don't share anything with any, anybody. Be a closed book. Look, King, I, I can count on one hand how many good friends did I have, male friends in my life. I don't connect with people. I'm a, I've been a loner my whole life. And in fact, what I'm doing here with, with IAS, with everybody, this is not me this is somebody else which means that i've not only have i been rewired my brain for um alcohol for social media i've hated social media i have more male friends right now through ias than i've ever had in my life people men men that i respect and i'm not a men liker you know most of my life if if a man got ran over by a truck i didn't even give a shit i just eat my burrito (laughs) and keep walking you know what I was I mean? trying to say something smart ass you say what were you driving? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right. Sorry. <laughs> but um that's just how I felt. And I could really yeah. look through my life. You know, my brother was we were really close. Um, and just a handful of just a few a couple. And um, and I'm building new relationships every day with other men. And it's crazy, it's in the virtual world, huh? But my brain is being rewired. Uh, the way I interact socially. This isn't me. I've yeah. never been like this. Yeah. Um, the environments that I lived in 
you kept a closed book, jails, prisons, rehabs, whatever. While the rehabs, I just, I never, I never understood any of it anyway. I, I would try my hardest. I would try to comprehend it. And I would maybe last six months, a year. I got out of rehab one time, King. Within the first week, I had a DUI and I was back in jail after I got out of the rehab. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I can literally see in my life, nothing is the same. Nothing is the same. And then I'm looking around IAS and all the people that we've come with through IAS and everybody's rewiring their brain. And it doesn't matter what, what um, recovery methods you use, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't care if it's 12 steps or every, every system has a way. You're not that same person that you were before. So what's happening? And these, and the haters, like we're already seeing uh, uh, a little troll running around. Well, if, if I can retrain my brain, can I, I moderate? And he's just being a troll, right? Because he's got this concept and he doesn't want to allow other people to have their concepts too, which is unfortunate because I think that we should all be able to, whatever works for you, right? If you We've consider, said that from the get-go. That's exactly right. Take what works for you. And you think within that environment where it's always said, each other would be given that respect. And obviously yep. there, there are trolls and we're just going to have to deal with trolls. We're, but the point with all this is, King, even with people that don't believe it or, or aren't thinking this way, something's happening to them, right? Something's changing in them. Because even with whatever program they're working, something's different. Mm. Could they be rewiring their brain too? Absolutely, it's possible for everybody. It's just how it's just how you're rewiring your brain and what with. <laughs> well, our, we're built that way. Our brains are pretty That's much right. the same, right? The brains are forever learning. We it's all have just, neurons, synapses. It's right. all electrical impulses. And this is the good news, isn't it? The good news is it's possible. So here's the really good news, King, that we aren't powerless. We're empowered. The opposite. Exactly. When That's we exactly right. When we realize, hold it. I'm rewiring my own brain by by paying attention to what's coming in and out of my mind. Right? I'm yep. I'm empowered. I'm not powerless. And I can do something about it. I don't have to like sit somewhere and let all these waves just come run over me. Like even when I go into my height was going into my help of many modes at the end, I'm okay. What's going on. I'm not just, just laying there with these emotions. What's going on. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling like this? And when you do that, when you like confront these thoughts, it, they like dissipate instead of like, because they're used to just consuming, right? That's exactly right. It takes their power away. I agree with you. It does. I agree with you. It takes their power away and makes you more powerful. There's a, there's a, you know, it's the transformation there. I don't care who says what. You can feel it. You can feel it because it becomes when it becomes you and it becomes more automatic to you. That's what you want. The you first time with- I did act, right? I was coming home, the same situation. I get by the liquor store and I just heard about act, and I, I told myself I was going to use it. I couldn't even remember what you know the acronym stood for yeah and, exactly. I didn't, at the start i was a bit like okay 
and I'm driving down. down the road and I just felt, I just felt I was being flooded. Mm-hmm. And I felt that little gremlin in my mind trying to turn me over towards the parking lot to go into the store. And I'm like, okay, what was that? A, a awareness. Oh, okay. Awareness. Okay. What am I, I'm having a craving. I'm aware. Okay. Clarify. Okay. Uh, I'm feeling anxious. I'm, you know, uh, my heart's racing and my mind's going a million miles an hour. And then I started turning it around by the time it took me King to get through the whole process. Yeah. I was past the friggin' store and almost home. And I made it home that day and I didn't drink. And that's the first time I used act. It literally got me home. And I was like, oh shit, I made it home. And that's when I'm, okay, I'm going to start using this. And I did. And then when I, I just, any thought of a thought King, if I got a thought about alcohol, um, even if it wasn't affecting me, even if it wasn't affecting me, I was thinking it through. Oh. Oh, you think that wine looks good or that beer? Like I got a picture of a beer in my mind, the blue can, 25 ounce. I would get this pitch. Oh, really? If I drink that beer, oh, how's that going to make me feel? And I would go through the whole process. My attic voice doesn't even give me images of booze anymore, right? I've got it wrapped up so tight. I used to get flashes of images of my drink and how it would be out by the pool. I was doing, I was doing a fascia on my house one day and I got bombarded out there about how great it would be to have a beer right now perfect temperature kind of warm a a cold refreshing beer and i went into act mode and within three to five minutes i had beaten that thought down and i know my attic voice was looking around the corner thinking what just happened you know because it's used to be that pathways used to be in control yeah i don't even know that i use act as much as i i really don't need it that much anymore I have these automatic thoughts. If I ever, ever have a thought about alcohol, I've told this story just to, um, just the other day about two girls having lunch. The ice bucket was there. The wine was there. And I looked at them and, for the, and I'm sitting at, just coming up to, you know, 300 days this week. And I thought, oh, I'm still in my mind fairly new. And I thought, oh, I just want to grab a chair and go and sit with them. And then I thought, you stupid bitch, what are you thinking? What, <laughs> you know, like, why? But I thought to myself the next day when I got up, I thought, it's not the wine that I wanted. It's the fact that I'm, I haven't been home in three, nearly three years. I'm missing all my friends that I haven't seen. It's been a long time with lockdown. So, again, being aware what was really going on and really it was the whole romanticise of just sitting there and bonding and having your friends there and that's because I was the queen of lunches, let me tell you. When I was working or not, clients, friends, whoever, whoever comes to lunch with me would go. And it didn't mean I did my job any less better. I just did it earlier in the morning and got done so I could All of a sudden, lunches. you were sitting right back there in your environment. I was there. I was there, and they were my girlfriends, and I just wanted to grab a chair and go join. So, but I don't, like even with a bar now, you know how you get those beautiful-looking bars? They always say, oh, they're pretty colored bottles. I look at them now, and I think, okay, they're pretty bottles full of poison, but they might, they make nice-shaped perfume bottles. Like I have completely different thoughts i don't relate it to alcohol and i've done this everywhere and that's why i've put myself out there at times to know how to handle it now my mother had the best line for not drinking she gave up when she was 40 and i said to my mom why have you stopped drinking and she said i lost the taste for it where do you go with that that's going to shut someone down and she said i got sick i got the flu i couldn't taste anything and beer just tasted horrible to me and she stopped drinking 
I don't, I, I think that was the real reason between, oh, right. between you and me. I think right. mum had a bit of a problem, but as my stepdad didn't drink and I thought oh, he's probably had enough, but you know, it's a great line. And I'm, what, I'm, yeah, and what I a have, great line. I have, I've lost the taste of it. I've got a bottle of non-alcohol wine in the fridge. I cannot stand the smell of it. And that's another tool. It sits there on purpose because if I ever think I want a glass of wine ever, which, you know, who knows, it could hit me one day. I'm going to open that cork. I'm going to take a whiff. And as my father said, my stepfather, he used to say to me all the time, why do you drink that piss? And he meant pisses in urine. Right. So now I see a bottle of wine or a glass of wine as a glass filled with urine. I tell you what, mate, this is the way I've rewired the brain in You're, all sorts of ways. That's rewired. That's rewired. All of it. All of it. And you, we can even use these tools in our relationships. And that's why we're going to start bringing um, uh, Erica Spiegelman's yep. uh, rewired books up because that's now we're off the alcohol. What do we do? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because if anybody's like me, you have all this, all these other behaviors, the alcohol is gone and you're still there. What do you do? You learn how to become your authentic self that little mm-hmm. tiny voice that she talks about that's inside of us. Um, you, you be honest, r- re- honesty, rigorous honesty. Yep. You've um, got to be honest. I was talking to somebody this morning that, I mean, uh, not talking to her messaging. Um, she really likes to go out and she doesn't feel like she's a, a part of anything. And I was thinking to myself, I can't wait to the day where she knows what solitude is, right? Not isolation, but solitude. No. Yep, she Anna, talks about solitude. Yep. Right. About how you um you can be there's by a yourself. huge difference. Yeah, there's a huge difference. And you're looking inwards, you're not trying to escape yourself like with isolation, man. You, you don't even self-loathing, you freaking hate yourself. You don't really want to be around yourself. No, that's that's exactly I couldn't or I did not I just couldn't want to be around myself. That's why I didn't want to stop drinking because I couldn't deal with me. Isn't that terrible when you think that? Because now um, you know, I'm still my own best friend. And as I said, I'll talk to her if the addict voice thinks he's going to even come near me. And I'll just say, piss off, I'm talking to her. I don't even let him in. He's like a third person, the addict voice. And I just continue on with my conscious and subconscious crazy conversation. But that's, as I said, whatever works, as you said, just don't drink. So <laughs> we're going to have, a, we're going to have people um, that are going to be podcasting and you may end up doing some of it too with the rewired book, uh, with the rewired program. Um, Because it's, there's some people that really understand that that's what's going on. And Erica Spiegelman is giving us, she's given us the book. She's given us the workbook and she's given us a rewired support group manual. And so that we can use these and start building groups to where people can learn how to do what she did at 25 years old. Well, she realized this at 25, but it, and it took her years to uh, accumulate all this wisdom. And she's giving it to us. You can go down at ericaspiegelman.com, download the manual. If anybody wants the books, though, because she's basically been yeah. bombarded, go to Amazon to get the, the rewired book or the workbook. But you can go to her website to download the manual yeah. that we're going to start these groups with, which is a timeline. You go in, you start the meeting, you, um, you open it up. You have 10 minutes to do that 25 minutes in groups. 
you come back in, talk for 10 minutes, and then three minutes to close it up. That's going to be coming out soon. And then SilvertownPodcast.com, we'll, we'll put it up, posting about the times on IAS too. So, But I think that's a great thing, Drifter, because like, like you, just because we gave up the alcohol, it doesn't mean all your problems are going to go away. I thought I'd give up alcohol and within a month I'd be fixed in a story. I had no idea that all this was, you know, awaiting me. But it's terrific because everything that we're going to be doing with these rewired Zooms and programs can, it's going to affect all aspects of your life. It's going to make you a complete best version of yourself. And that's why, I mean, I've got your areas that I self. need to work on. Your authentic self. Well, and this is what Erica Spiegelman talks about. Nobody can give you better advice than right. your authentic self. Right. And that's about being empowered yet again. Empowered. That's exactly right. You don't yeah. have to call anybody up. You can, you can get advice. Like right now, if I'm having an issue, I can go make a post or I have a network of people. Hey, th I'm, and that's what I did with the manic or the uh, vulnerability hangover and shit. I just went through last Wednesday and a little bit Saturday. I got into my network. I didn't have to just dial into one person. Um, I was, able to dial into a bunch, but here's a list of um, what she talks about. Authenticity, honesty, evolution. And the evolution is, you know, how your life changed because of alcohol. What was the evolution of it? And then what's the evolution of bringing your life back to your uh, authentic self? Solitude, time management, self-care, healthy relationships, gratitude. She talks about gratitude in her introduction about when people are grateful, they heal. Their bodies heal they if they're sick, yep. right? Compassion, yep. uh, love, affirmations and intentions, hope. I mean, these, and this is what her, her um, program is built around, these concepts, where when you start learning these, your brains, whatever you're focusing on, that's what you're going to become. And you can, we can become our authentic selves. And look, now, even if you've worked on these things before, Drifter, honestly, sometimes some of these subjects we've discussed in Zooms, you always need refreshing. Do you know what I mean? You always need to go back and just keep working on these things because this is just life. You know, it affects us in all aspects of our life. Well, look at so, the 12 steps. They're talking <clears throat> about the 12 steps all around the world. How many it's meetings 1938. a day? <laughs> right. And they're still talking. We can do the same. This is a different format. And we're going to build groups where people can sit down and it's mostly with us, it's going to be online. And for me, I like online because if I, I can turn my camera off and, and scratch my nose and nobody knows the difference. Right. <laughs> or, or if something happens, I can just like disengage for a minute and jump right back. You know, oh, you're right. It's, it's easy participation. Yeah. I used to be bored as hell. I would mm. drive over to these meetings <clears throat> and then the meeting was an hour long. I, I just lost two hours of my Same. day. So, I can jump on a Zoom and, you know, I find myself wanting to be there, wanting to get to know everybody. I'm enjoying being there and seeing, I really enjoy when everyone's talking about their struggle, not the world's yeah. struggle, because we can easily get <clears throat> lost in what the world does. But what are we doing individually? That's what I, I when people start talking about what they're doing, I just get like, wow, really? You know, like Dry Mountain Mama, the way she was talking about um, authenticity, and then she looked at inauthenticity, like, what am I not 
doing that's authentic. And she blew my mind. And that's the kind of, when you sit down and, and that was just in a post, right? Yeah. So I can't wait to see what happens with these meetings when they're focused, they've got a format and um, we're re and we know what we're doing. We're focusing on those corrupted pathways to make them. Now, look, that doesn't mean we're all going to become like these Gandhi carpet riding Zen uh, <laughs> people, because this is what I'm finding out right. about my authentic self is still kind of crazy. And I'm still like, I'm finding my authentic self. Um, I like to go, go, go. And, and I like it. And I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to be comfortable sitting in the Lotus position, which would be cool. <laughs> there are people that, that can, but whatever your authentic, if that's your authentic self, that's fine, but we're not all the same. And my authentic self is like, let's go, let's keep moving. And sometimes people got to like roll me back in. Hey, drifter, whoa, 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 slow down. But that's cool too. So we don't know where our authentic self's going to be. Some people may like science with their authentic self. Some people may like people, you know, um, I'm no, kind it, of in the middle. No, you're right. And the alcohol is just, it's one big component of us, but it's not everything about us. You're right. I mean, I've got so much I need to work on. I know that. And my patience is one of them. And, but now I've, I'm learning about boundaries, you know, just there's all these different things and boundaries do affect a lot in your life, I've I've come to come to learn what you will accept and what you won't accept. You know what I mean? I do, um, I do. Um, yeah. I'm finding out that the the closer I am with my authentic self, the better I am at communicating with other people, and that I'm I'm finding more compassion and understanding. Where all of a sudden, um, others' opinions matter to me, right? How they're feeling matter. Before, let me tell you, King. Before it was like. I would write people off, fuck them. I'm, I'm going this way. And I'm really bad about that. Like I just turned left. You're going straight. I'll see you later. And that's how, but that's changed too. I care. You know what I mean? And that's, a huge, I do. And that's a huge thing for me to even be aware of that. Wow. I care. That's cool. Yeah. I like that part. Yeah. I that's, know. I used to be, uh, I hate to say it, but I used to be a care factor zero person too. That's what I call it. Um, you know, not, not if you weren't close to me, I was just in my own little world and that's not right. I've always had a lot of empathy though, I must admit. And now I've got more, I'm like, now I'm even more emotional about people, but I like you. I love listening to people's stories. I'm learning a lot from everybody, you know, between me the too. books, the community, and it's, it's just working. But then there's just personal things that I need to work on as well. Hold on one second. Yep. Okay, King. Well, you know what? I'll just let everybody know. While we were sitting here talking, I was filling my swimming pool <laughs> and I heard all this water and we had to stop because I overflowed my swimming pool. So, and water's just flowing. That's cool. So we're going to stop right here and we have a Zoom in like an hour, don't we? We do. We do. So we'll, I'm, and I'm, I'm, you know what? Now I'm excited about Zooms. Before I was like, bullshit. I don't want to go to damn Zoom. And but now let me I say something before I cut you off. So I'm going to cut you off here and I'll tell you why. The people were so happy to see you. Remember the people going, oh my God, you're a drifter. And I could see you were just so humble. And I thought, 
you know what, this is really nice. It was nice for you to be there and it was nice for others to see you. So please don't be a stranger. We're all just there with the same bond. We're all just human and we're all just one of each other. If anybody, I understand anybody that has problems with Zooms and then when they leave there, they have vulnerability uh, issues or imposter issues. I understand it. I've been going through it and just they can rewire their brains too. Yep. You know, we're going to be doing these Zooms, come to these Zooms and we'll work on it together. I'm still working on it too, King. And I just yeah, have to tell myself. Some people are scared. Don't be scared. Just turn up. I was scared at the start because I thought everybody knew each other. They don't. Sometimes there's, you know, just different people in there. So everyone's just the same as everybody else. And that's what's good. But it's a process. And, and that's the cool thing about sobriety is people get to learn about their authentic self, even with the Zooms. Who am I? I'm, I'm terrified to go on these Zooms. And then one day they find themselves like, I, I heard that Dry Mountain Mama didn't even like her camera on in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Some now, people do it slowly. Now she's like doing Thursday she is. night. Yeah, she's embracing everything, yeah. Right. And then pretty soon she's going to be podcasting um, with uh-huh. Rewired. And she's passionate about rewiring her brain. And I like I just like the way she's going to be going at it, which is different than me because I'm more science and she's more people. And I think that's cool. And that's why I want an army of doing what we're doing, King, because there's so many different ways to connect with people. (laughs) No, we've got variety. We have got variety. We're like a big lolly shop at the moment or candy shop, something for everybody. And we're going to, and we're going to keep growing. And it is nice having authors and uh, people coming in, but it's still about us. It's about us, the people with their boots on the ground. And that's what we're going to keep it. So everybody, King, say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Remember, SoberTownPodcast.com and pour the poison Poison down down the sink. Down the sink. Boom.